Hello, you're listening to Home Talk with Greg McKim on a gorgeous Tuesday afternoon, March 19th, 2019, in case you're wondering, the year. If you're listening on a different date, well, then this show was either pre-recorded or rebroadcast. My producer here, Eric, is dancing to the music that he picked for me when I first thought of the show back in December, January. So thank That's you. That's a catchy tune, Greg. You, you kind of like that. it. Yeah, yeah you, you kind of got the little moves going there. Uh-huh. Well, it's a sunny day, you know. We're entitled to be in a good mood after, uh, <sighs> you know, a rough winter, I think. so. You know, it, it's amazing what a difference it makes, isn't it? Absolutely. I got a little skip in my step the last couple yeah. days. Get a little bit of that vitamin D. Walking my dogs this morning, I didn't have to put three coats on. <laughs> I felt like I was in, in Florida or something. Was, you were literally lighter. Yeah, I was literally lighter. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So what is this show, in case you haven't tuned in before? It's a show based on my experience in the real estate or real estate-related industries. It's a show where I attempt to provide wisdom and knowledge about just about any aspect of home buying, selling, financing, or ownership. How do I have the experience to talk about those things? Well, I started as a framer carpenter back in the 1970s, 1980s. I was in the financial planning business. And in the 1990s, I became a loan officer, owned a mortgage company in the 2000s, and still am a licensed loan originator with a company by the name of Loanzilla. Law requires I give you my originator license, which is 106202, and the Loanzilla license, 67412. In addition to being a licensed loan originator, I'm also a licensed real estate broker with Rockwell Realty. So on the show, I, so far, since I started on January 1, covered a couple of topics, how to shop for a mortgage, some myths about home loans, how to shop, how to buy a home, how to sell a home, what you're getting into and what to look for when you're buying into a condo or an HOA. Today I have a guest coming, but he's running a little late, and he owns a roofing company. Now the reason I'm bringing him in is because where I live, in the HOA that I, I'm, I'm living in, which I've been there 22 years, we've gone through about five roofers. And as a board member and currently the board president, we've narrowed it down and found that this company, Element Smart Roofing, performs... We like them. We've stuck with them for 10 years, and I have referred them to many other people. When you find somebody that does a good job, you stick with them. And so hopefully Damon will be here within the next 5 to 10 minutes. But between now and the time he arrives, I want to talk a little bit about some things you might want to think about since it's sunny, you know, spring cleaning time, right? One of the main things that I find when people go to buy or sell a home is water intrusion. Now, even though it's sunny out today, we still have plenty of water around here. And the two biggest areas for water intrusion in a home, some of this might be self-evident, but let's cover it anyway, are the attic, which is covered by the roof, and the crawl space if you have one. So I have a recommendation. When you buy a home, of course, you get a home inspection. I also recommend that you periodically check both these spaces, not only for intrusion, but the other a bugaboo, I guess, is rodent infestation. I had a listing about six years ago. People had bought the house brand new. They went to sell it. The buyer did an inspection, found out that the entire crawl space was destroyed by rats. It cost $7,000 to repair it. The rats got in and tore up all of the vapor barrier. That's the plastic sheet that goes over the dirt to keep moisture from rising to the house. 
They had gotten into the walls and destroyed insulation. They'd gotten into the floor insulation. They had gnawed away at insulation around the pipes. So how, how, what, would you want to crawl down there periodically and check it out? Well, there's a simple solution. Lay a couple of traps right next to wherever your access is and maybe check those once a quarter. If you see a varmint in the trap, you know you got a problem. Immediately get a professional down there. Find where they're getting in. Get rid of all the debris and anything they've chewed up, all their droppings. Patch that hole. Keep the traps there. You don't have to crawl around because they'll find the trap. Same thing with your attic. So in addition to the water intrusion, watch out for varmints in your craw- your crawl in your attic. Think about how much money they, my seller would have saved if they'd done that. $7,000. It was back, it wasn't really in a seller's market at that time, and so my seller had to cough it up in some form at a price break or something to the buyer. Now, it's a little bit more difficult, unless you're crawling around in an attic or in a crawl space, to determine whether you have water leaking. But I recommend highly that you, if you have, it depends upon what type of roof you have, and Damon will talk a bit more about that, keep your roof clean. Get, keep the moss off. And we'll talk about that more when Damon gets here. As far as crawl space goes, if you don't want to crawl around inside of it, just make sure you understand where water could come in. And it depends upon the slope of your house and the construction of your house. But water uh, most of the time comes in from the sides of the foundation. Sometimes it percolates right up through the soil, right into the crawl space, and you have no idea it's coming there. If you can, just stick a flashlight down in there and peer around every year or so. Now, the other places where you have water intrusion aren't quite as, um, they're not quite as susceptible, not quite as permeable because, they're, for instance, the siding of the house is vertical, so it's not likely. But you should be routinely checking around the windows where the caulking is, you know, that's, where the, that's, the, that's the material that keeps between the window, the frame of the window, and the siding. That's where water penetrates. Water also tends to penetrate wherever you have earth to wood contact and so you don't walk the house periodically and look do i have any earth to wood contact do i have any any vegetation rubbing up against the house because that can wear holes and in, in, pl- in places and just common sense if you have an older home say depends on how old but there's been different types of siding materials over the years and one material that you may have heard of if you're in the home business or you have a, owned a home is called LP or GP siding, Louisiana Pacific or Georgia Pacific siding. And those sidings were made out of a material called a strand board back in the 80s and 90s. And if they, they, if they, if they weren't sealed and installed properly, they sucked up water like a sponge. So I typically advise people not to buy those homes, but if you do buy one of those homes, and you, you can buy one where the LP or GP siding is, and there's other products, Warehouser made one, that are perfectly intact if they've been maintained properly. So if you buy a house with one of those, for whatever reason, the maintenance is to make sure that all the edges, all the ends are completely sealed all the time, either through caulking and or paint. And as long as the water doesn't get into there, hypothetically, theoretically, then you won't have the problem with it expanding and becoming, basically becomes like dust. You can put your finger right through it. Windows, of course, pretty obvious. Periodically, I, I suggest that people open and close their windows just to make sure they don't get stuck over time. The older the houses, you know, the more difficult it is because they settle and the windows are older. And then last but not least, plumbing. Now, one of the things that my inspector I work with routinely says that he recommends is as soon as you buy a house, wherever you have plumbing, and that's most plumbing is that you can access is usually under the sinks. He says go buy a piece of vinyl 
and put the vinyl down underneath because if you're gone for a while and there's a leak, it'll, it'll pool there instead of rotting the wood. You might even put a vinyl and then have it raised up on the edges a little bit. The other, the other leak is hot water heaters. So hot water heaters should usually last about 15 years. You got to make sure if you have a hot water heater installed that it has a big drainage pan that it, in case it, it fails so that it can drain into that pan. They should be about four inches tall and then encircle, of course, the very the, the bottom of the of the hot water heater. And then there's other safety and code requirements for how you install a hot water heater. But those are the main sources. First place water is going to come in is your attic or your crawl space. Second place is in sidings or windows, and then of course you can have water that comes that, that damages your house from the inside. So there's some tips about what I would say for water intrusion and um, just to keep it from happening. So let's see. Anything else you think we should talk about? When it, you got any questions as a homeowner, Eric? Waiting for Damon to get here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> any, any, any ideas or any questions about that? No, that, that, that you're talking about some great stuff. Um, I'm, all, I'm always, uh, you know, thinking about uh, maintenance. When's the best time? You know, to, to do it. Yeah, to do it. And, you know, summertime, I always think, boy, it's such a nice day. I know. <laughs> I, I hate to yeah. squander this day, squander, uh, doing, yeah. you know, maintenance stuff. But, you know, it's stuff that needs to be done and then falls here before you know it. And then it's a rainy day and it's hard. So do you uh, do you think about that at all? Like, uh, do you schedule a certain time of year where you do all your maintenance, or do you spread it out throughout the year? Well, fortunately, I live in an HOA, so it's their responsibility to That's the right. outside. Yeah. If I were uh, own a single-family home, I would definitely lay the traps like I talked about and check them once a quarter because it takes five minutes, and you can save thousands and thousands of dollars. As far as any sort of paint or um, caulking, you want to do it in weather that's above 50 degrees generally because mm-hmm. typically below that, it doesn't adhere very well. It doesn't, it, you know, it, it so... Uh, and, and, of course, you don't want to paint do things when it's really wet. Um, it's, it's, it's better to be completely dry. You can do yeah. some caulking when it's wet, but it's not the best. Paint is really hard to get on when it's, when it's not dry. What do you think about gutters? Oh, I didn't put that on my list. I've never cleaned out my gutters <laughs> as <laughs> long as I've been a homeowner. But I, I know that uh, it's a maintenance thing uh, and that uh, people— in theory, do this on a regular basis. Do you have a feeling on how well, I, often actually, I was going to talk about roof maintenance when Damon got here, because he's perfect. This will be a great that, question for him. Yeah. Why don't we take a break and bring him in here in a, oh, in you a, think he's a here? minute or so? Yeah. Okay. Great. We'll take a break. You're listening to Home Talk with Greg McKim. During the show, please feel free to call in with any questions at four two five three seven three five five two seven. If you'd like to talk with me off air, you can reach me at two zero six. Two five zero six five four five, or email me at gmckim. That's gmckim at lonezilla.com. L-O-A-N-Z-I-L-L-A.com. We'll be right back after these messages. The possibility of lung cancer can be pretty scary, especially if you're one of approximately 8 million current or former smokers at high risk. That's why SaveByTheScan.org wants you to know that now there's a breakthrough low-dose CT scan that can detect lung cancer early, and it only takes 60 seconds. You stop smoking, now start screening. For an easy quiz to see if you're eligible, visit SaveByTheScan.org. It could save your life. 
SaveByTheScan.org is brought to you by the American Lung Association's Lung Force Initiative and the Ad Council. If you talk, if they will hear you. We all want our kids to grow up safe and healthy, so we show them how. And we tell them with honest conversations that let them know what we expect. Not just one time, but every chance we get. That's especially important when it comes to alcohol and other drugs. Kids not only need to know the dangers and how to avoid them, they need to hear it often from you. And when it comes to pain medications, opioids, they need to know that they should never be taken without a prescription and never shared with friends or family. It's dangerous and illegal. So talk with your kids and guide them through the challenges of growing up safe and healthy. Because when you talk, they hear you. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samhsa.gov. So talk, they hear you. You can do it if you try. If you love them enough to listen to them practice the same song on tuba, please be done. Over and over and over and over and over. Then surely you'll check NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to make sure they're correctly buckled in the back seat. Sounds good, honey. Check today at NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Act Council. Talk radio for the heart and soul. Alternative Talk 1150. Hi, you're back with Greg McKim, Home Talk with Greg McKim, that is. And today my guest is Damon Shelton from Element Smart Roofing. Damon and I have known each other now for how long? How long? Oh, about six, seven years, I would say. Maybe maybe a little longer. Mm, I think, yeah, I mean, at least, I think about ten. It seems like that. Let's yeah. just put it that yeah, okay. way. Okay. <laughs> so, um, as I mentioned before the break, I've been in the same HOA since 1997, I guess, so 22 years. We've gone through a number of roofing companies. And we finally landed on this one, Element Smart Roofing, because they come through. Um, one time, they screwed up pretty bad. They had a flat roof that they didn't, they, didn't, uh, they didn't lay the tarp properly, so it went right through the ceiling. Instead of him and Han making excuses, they made good. And that, that, that to me, is what you need. You need somebody that's going to you know, stand up, stand behind their word, and do the job. They're always competitive. I refer them to other people. Are they the dirt cheapest? No, but I don't think I, I don't really generally trust anybody who bids the dirt cheapest because there's always a change order and you just don't know about the quality. What you want is value. So I asked Damon to give me a little bit of a background of his, of his person. Um, so I'm just going to read some of this because it's kind of interesting. He uh, grew up in Albuquerque and from age 13 to about 20 worked helping his father install stucco siding. Yep. But he was an art lover. So instead of sticking in construction. I was an artist. Yeah, yeah. he went to CalArts, right? CalArts, yeah. That's where my my brother went to CalArts. I didn't know that. Yeah, he went to CalArts in the early 2000s. Okay. Got his degree in um, stage design, stage Stage management. Stage design's big, yeah. uh, They have a good acting school there. Yeah. Good theater school, yeah. And um, he's the the, um, stage manager now at uh, University of California, Northridge. So well, yep, that's where the uh, the earthquake was, right? Which you'll segue right. to later, which is why I left CalArts. Well, now I didn't know because you left. Wh- when was the earthquake? Ninety four. Uh, it was ninety four. Yeah, okay. I was there from ninety one to ninety four. In right. ninety four, the school was severely damaged from the Northridge earthquake. We were all put in tents. 
Wow, I didn't um, know it was that bad. Yeah, it was that bad. So, you know, at that point, you know, that school's expensive, and I just, yeah. You it, moved on. Now, it ROI, says here yeah. that you actually ended up getting a degree in cinema and comparative literature. Yeah, cinema and comparative literature was basically the film program at University of Iowa okay. at the time. Yeah, I studied literature when I was in college, mainly philosophy it, and literature. <laughs> it wasn't really a literature program. That's oh, just okay. what they, a fancy name they gave it. So now you ended up somehow in the roofing business. You hooked yeah. up. And uh, what year did you hook up with with, um, Richard Jones? Uh, We hooked up about 2007, I would say. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And Jones Boys is a maintenance company. They They were a maintenance company. That's correct. Yeah. They did- Janitorial and roof, um, roof maintenance, both? Correct. And he, I believe he did roofing back in the day, back in the 80s, maybe 90s. Now, wouldn't, wasn't Element Smart Roofing already in business before you guys? No, I, I came up with all that. You came up with it? Yeah. You're that's the one my that created it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So um, you started that. Now, I'm reading some of this. I'm not going to read it you know, verbatim because it's yeah. a lot of material, but it's, oh, great, sure. it's great stuff. So back in the 2000-2008 business, uh, time when you got in the business, you had an integration of CEO is the product. What's CEO? I mean, uh, SEO. SEO. What's that mean? SEO? Oh, it's search engine optimization. So, oh, whoa, whoa, okay. Yeah, right around 2007, <laughs> 2008. You know, SEO was all right. I mean, that was kind of the predominant all right. Google searching. And right. roofing was way behind. And there were two companies, Legacy Roofing and Overlake Roofing at the time, who had the same design company. And they were killing it. They were crushing it. They were the ones who really got out front, got rid of print. Print was still the king. Um, and so it was that expensive. was because you're really on the marketing side of all this. this I was that well, my art background. That's where I gravitated. That's how okay. I got this thing rolling is through my marketing. So, I I basically copied their business model on being more uh, SEO heavy. Okay. And, and Google ranking and pay per click and all that kind of stuff. And then uh, yeah, that's how, you know that's kind of how we launched Element and and uh, we did some print t- stuff too. But yeah, you could tell how how what a novice I am in the digital industry. <laughs> CEO, well, I, can't, I can't even read. Much less understand. Well, you got to remember it. So there's thousands of roofing companies. Oh, yeah. And, well, there's and, thousands of mortgage brokers, real estate and, brokers. So, you know, when you're going to jump in and you're going to try to compete against thousands of established companies, what are yeah. you going to do to set yourself apart? Yeah. So you, yeah. I had to figure well, out. Well, as far as setting yourself apart, one of the things you do is you do it with quality and, and be, by being, well, you know, reliable and being, you know, To get the high call. Value. To but get you got to get the call in the door. You got to get right. the call, yeah. One of the reasons, here's a little plug for myself, audience. One of the reasons I'm doing this show is I'm hoping that people will yeah. call in and people will right. contact me off air because you know I'm sharing valuable information. But Content sh- is king. That's right. Yep. So another bullet point here, you're talking about doing single-ply membrane was only being done by a handful of companies at that That's time. That's correct, yeah. So TPO, PVC is a predominant flat roof, uh, okay. roof system nowadays. Okay, let's stop for a second for the listeners. Yep. So PVC stands for what? Uh, that's a poly, poly vinyl chloride. chloride. Okay, and then that's TPO right. is the other one? Thermoplastic. All right. And there's pros and cons to both of those. Uh, there is. Yep. Yep. No roof systems bulletproof as far as, uh, uh, All right. uh some, there are some, uh, you know, pros and cons to every roof system, but torch down, which was the predominant or bitumous roofing was a predominant r- flat roof system in the, you know, nationwide. Okay. For centuries. Well, that's a lot, a lot of the roofs that you've come out and replaced for us with the PVC because we've mm-hmm. gone with the PVC. That's right. We're torch down. And again, for the listener, have you ever seen somebody up on the roof with a bucket of tar or a big flat sheet of material, and they're taking a blowtorch to it. That's torch down. I've actually done down. it before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a lot uh, of fun. It's a lot of fun Especially until the, the building summer. starts on fire. <laughs> exactly. That's, and that's one of the reasons that most people have transitioned away from it is there's a lot of liability. Like insurance companies now, to have torch down insurance, 
uh, will add $10,000 a year to your insurance. Really? Easily. And most people won't want, you know, they don't want to carry it. You know, it's expensive. What, 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 what percentage of roofs right now, if you're putting a flat roof on, would you say you're torched down versus one of the T- uh, PVC or TPO? I would say uh, single, we call it single ply because that can encompass TPO and PVC okay, or single EPDM. Ply. EPDM, that's another yeah, that's one. That's another one, but I don't see it much. So those single ply membranes, I bet, make up 90% of most. So torch, torch down is pretty much gone. 10 years ago, it was the opposite. Okay. So in 10 years, we've gone from, we've flipped the script. So it's 90% now single ply. Okay, now that one of the other areas that you excel in in a market is green roofing. So green talk, roofing talk. was, yeah, green roofing was uh, the, the whole smart roofing name of element, element meaning the elements that we get up here in the Northwest, and we can work through any of them. Um, and the smart roofing was the, the green roof system and the single ply. So the green roof system is, is just like it sounds, it's, Basically, sedums and medium, and some can use drain mats. We use modules, which are the live roof modules. See, I don't know what you're talking about when you say live roof modules. You bring them yeah. in in sections and then put them, install yeah. them? Yeah, so live roof is an actual uh, company that has patented their tray system. And okay. they came out of Chicago, and they have distributors nationwide. So we are now, you know, we've been a certified with live roof uh, for almost eight years maybe nine years. And so what happens is they team up with nurseries all around the nation, and our closest nursery to us is in Oregon, and it's called Green Feathers. So if somebody wants a live roof, they're going to ask me, hey, you know, can you give me a live roof price? These are the species I want. I go to Green Feathers and say, hey, I need, a, I need to get a quote on the species for this, this, and this, and they want this planted or they want this installed in August or September. And so then I have to have a four-month lead time for them to grow it down at the nursery. Then they ship it up here, and then we install it. Well, so far we've talked mainly about flat roofs. Yep. Because the, the single-ply membrane is used. I've seen it. Sometimes people do it on a pitch roof, but not very often. Every once in a while. Yeah, you can do it. pitch roof. Oh, yeah, yeah, we've done pitch roofs. Why, why don't people use a single-ply on pitch roofs well, as much as they do? Because single-ply roofing is only a 15- or 20-year warranty. Oh, right? that's why. Metal's 50 so if you got a roof that's pitched enough for a metal roof, yeah, well, I always tell people go metal roof. Okay, but most people don't want to pay for it, and so they end up putting on. And they don't want to pay for the metal, so then they put on composition, composition. which is the, it's the cheapest. And it's the predominant. If, if, for the listeners out there, if you drive by 80 yeah. to 90% of all roofs you see out there on a pitched roof, they're, they're shingles, and they're made out of asphalt, asphalt yeah. and they've got little granules on mm-hmm. them. And they supposedly last 30 years, but in the Northwest, I don't know if I've ever, I've ever seen one of you. Uh, yeah, I mean. They, not the, very often, though. They'll be up there, whether or not they're any <laughs> good or not. That's a whole other story. Those, that product's a 30 and 40 and 50 year, typically. Yeah, and they used to do th- it that way. But now they, they, some, I think it was Gaff Elk who started the whole, everything's a lifetime Yeah, but it's roofing. bull. And it is bull. It's marketing, right? Because all they're really warranting is the material. Yeah. They're not warranting our labor. So, and where are you going to have your failures in the first five, 10 years is going to be in the labor and the installation of the roof. I had a roof, oh, excuse me, a roof. I had a listing, I think it was in 14, and the house was seven years old. Mm-hmm. And when the, the seller, had an, the buyer's inspector came out, they said, this roof's failing. And I forget the product. doesn't matter what it was. Cert- certainty. Yeah. Okay. okay. So what it was was the, the, the granulars, the granulars, the granules, the granules uh-huh. were coming off way sooner than they should for that age roof. So here we got about a, I don't know, uh, 2,200 square foot home. So the roof's about 1,100 square feet maybe, right? Mm-hmm. And um, certainty guys said, well, we'll give you two grand. <laughs> so the owner's like, what kind of guarantee is that? Well, all we do is prorate. 
how much the material. Yeah. It, what about the taking the material off and putting new no, underlayment down? That's all and installation. Down, yeah. yeah. So the, the, mm-hmm. the warranties from manufacturers, unless you have a, a failed product, there's not a lot. What you really want is you want a warranty from the installer. Yeah, if you can get that, you know, and that's that's kind of hard to get. You know, well, and you guys offer it. Yeah, we offer it through Malarkey, and Malarkey's, you know, the one composition material that I recommend because it's formulated for the Northwest and made in Oregon. You know, Certainty, a lot of these other brands, Gaff and all those, they're made in the East Coast. Uh, who wants uh, New York really, City? Yeah, you know, it's, the East Coast gets some rain, but they don't get the rain like we do. They, they don't, don't get no moss. rain. They don't oh, know come moss. On <laughs> yeah, that's not, you know, so, you know, I try to sell people roofs that are going to be built for this environment. Yeah. And Malarkey's one, and we signed up with them to be a installer, certified installer, which covers okay, our Okay, let's labor. backtrack a little bit. So we started talking about single-ply membrane, which is used for flat roofs. Mm-hmm. And then you mentioned this EPDM. EPDM, yeah. What not, is it? It's nothing. <laughs> Forget it. Yeah. You don't, nobody hardly ever installs nobody it. Why, why is it cheap? Is that why people do it? Uh, you know, back in the 2007-8 era, uh, EPDM was one of the single-ply membranes. It's a, it's a rubber. It's okay. black rubber roof, and it's it, they made it go at it, but it just didn't didn't well, prove to be a good product. It's loose laid and it's glued together instead of it's not welded. Okay, just no, it's not again, for the listeners. It's not screwed down. It's, okay, you take PVC or TPO, which are essentially poly type of petroleum based products, and they're and they're mechanically fastened, and, and mechanically fastens means there's screws and plates that hold it and fasten it down. And Thing. wherever there's a seam, you weld it together with heat of yeah, some kind. Not, it's not a big torch right. like with a torch down. No, no flame. Gonna, yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. if you have, if like you get you, you when you come to our place and you apply these or install them, mm-hmm. um, you you have Duralast product. Yeah, we use Duralast predominantly. And yes. what Duralast comes out after you install it. They inspect your work, mm-hmm. and then they warranty your labor in case you went out of business. That's correct. Yeah, they, they warranty our labor and material for 15 to 20 years. The first two years is us. Okay, but after we're, that? We're the, after that, it's all them. So if you have any problems, you call Duralast, and they will send out a tech, whether I'm in business or not. They're this is my recommendation to my yeah, listeners. Then. Yeah. Find a company that has the manufacturer behind the installer. Mm-hmm. Not that little companies are, you know, fly by night, but little companies don't have quite the staying power as the big manufacturer. And so you can put a little more, you know, gives you a little bit more comfort. There's, there's one yeah. caveat to that, though, Greg. Okay. Is residential warranties do not have those NDL warranties that you're talking about. What, what, we you're a, a condo association, so you, oh, resi- you get it. We get, get it? it? Yeah. But, but, oh, single-family homes don't get them? No. Why? No, because it's it's a commercial no dollar limit warranty. Residential gets So we're considered commercial. Your warranty is me. Yes. On a commercial. So nobody has yeah. how, how about an apartment building would be commercial. How about, uh, how, a multi unit family would be commercial. A single right. family home is not commercial, so you they get a material plus my ten year warranty. So you get temp- okay. They get a ten year labor warranty, but that's five years less than a commercial one and it's through me. So not through Duralast. And then uh, they will get a 15-year or 20-year. Okay, if, if you're putting on a pitch roof, you're putting on composition, uh-huh. uh, what kind of, are there manufacturers? That's a little different. So Malar- manu- Malarkey will warranty our labor, yeah, okay. through their program. And how long does that warranty last? Uh, it's, you know, it's usually prorated out. You'd have to look at their terms. It's usually about 15 years okay. on a 30-year. Right. But it is, and, and you, have to be, you have to be a certified installer for that yeah, sort of thing. You, you can't, can't be just like, it couldn't be me right now. Uh, no. Well, maybe. No. And there's, I mean, you could. <laughs> Sign up. I think, <laughs> you, I think you fill out. How many roofs have you online. done? <laughs> Let's see. Back when I was about 23, I did. Mm, yeah. Well, I hired Element. 
Yeah. Can I count those? Right. There you go. So now let's talk a bit more about green roofs. Yeah. Why Why would a person, I mean, other than that it's attractive, are mm-hmm. there other be- and super insulating power? Um, yeah. What, I mean, are, what are some of the major reasons why people put on green or dirt roofs, basically? Uh, you know, honestly, cost it's cost prohibitive. I don't really understand why people would choose to do this on their own. Uh, other than the aesthetic, if somebody really loves, so it's aesthetic. really aesthetic more than anything. It's more aesthetic. Well, well, no, not now. Now it's there's a lot of codes. So oh. Seattle has built codes to where water mitigation has to be adhered to. So any new construction, they're trying to keep water from running yes, down the surface. They're streets. trying to get into the gutter system, into the sewer into the sound, system, which and takes and down going down into the, the sound. Into the sound. That's they're right. Trying to capture it at its source. That's right. That's okay. right. So you got all these codes in place now, and new construction commercial, it's required. It is. Yes. So I don't know about new residential when you're building new residential, but I've got a flood of calls from new residential builders on the who are putting this in there. Rough, because of the okay. Because of this. Well, you notice when you when you drive through Seattle, there's a lot of um, you drive by a, a single family home and there'll be a, a little wet air wet area in the front yard where mm-hmm. the city said, okay, if you're going to build here, we need you to capture the storm water and put the it in the system. Bioretention system. Little, yeah. They're all over the place. They're scattered, and they, they usually make them fairly attractive. They blend them into the landscaping. Sure. So it's yeah. the same thing with the roofs. Is what it boils down to. Kind of. I mean, it's more of a filter. It's just going to slow and impede the water. Okay. So but that's it, the idea. Yeah, that's the idea. So it then absorbs into the medium. The plants grow from it, and it, only a certain fraction of it actually goes down into the gutter system or sewer system. And of course, though, if you're going to put on a, a um, green roof. That you have to structurally able to handle it because they're, yeah. they're pretty heavy. Yep, yep. So the structural load typically for a four-inch green roof system is about thirty pounds a square foot compared That's to saturated. Okay, compared to say a regular pitched roof with composition shingles on it. Yeah, what's, yeah. What's, what's that per, per, per foot? I don't know. Even now, probably like ten. Ten. Okay. And you said half the, that. the green is what? Thirty. Thirty. Yeah. So when I used to build houses, you know, we would put, we'd have rafters, right, and they'd mm-hmm. be usually like on. T- uh, 12 inch centers yeah that means every foot you have a rafter that's right so if, and, and then they'd be like they usually be two by 12s two by 10s sometimes it depends on if he had trusses and all that you know. uh-huh. sorry about the technical stuff audience yeah but so they love it if you're doing a most pitch most flat roofs. i mean excuse me most green roofs aren't pitched or if they are they're pitched yeah, not most very of them, they're like slight slope slight pitch, some but of them, usually yeah. they're flat to slightly mm-hmm. pitched so what would your what would your what kind of a truss and or joist? How many how many inches apart would they be? And then they'd be a two by twelves. They be, it, you know, I've seen all kinds. I've seen beam posts. I mean, it just okay it, as long as it can handle thirty pounds. A structural engineer would need to come out assess. All right, and what is it? Thirty pounds per square inch, right? Per square foot. Oh, square foot, not inch. Yeah, per 30, foot. Thirty, and that's saturated. Saturated. Okay. Yeah. So when they're dry, they're they're probably half that weight. Okay. So, yeah, so, 30 pounds a square foot. It's, it's the same for concrete. I believe it's the same for pavers. If you were to put pavers on a roof, it's a ballast system. So, oh, yeah, pavers. Uh, ballasted roofs require structural uh, engineers to come out and, and determine the load. Okay. But as far how about cost? I'm guessing. Cost? Oh, for a green roof? Yeah. You talk membrane to all the way to the well, green I mean, roof yeah, itself? To make it happen. Oh, well, you, you know, your membrane system is going to be, you know, four bucks a square foot. To five bucks a square foot. Well, just foot. tell me this: for like the average person uses a composition roof, mm-hmm. and let's just say a well, they can't put a, a green right. roof on a comp. No, right? I know, but just a composition foot roof is how much per square foot to put? Uh, you know, probably about just the roof system, not the dump fees and everything. You're looking at about four dollars and fifty cents a square foot compared to the green roof is total out. Total uh, out. So green. So let me. So I got to break this down. This is uh. So the membrane's four bucks to five bucks a square foot. The green roof 
is twenty eight dollars a square foot. So you're you're you're, t- you're talking six times yeah. as much roughly. Yeah, you're talking yeah, you're talking about basically thirty five bucks a square foot. Okay, so if in. if the if the cities are starting to require this capture of 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 of, of water flow at the source, and green is one way to do it, mm-hmm. but that's expensive. So what are some of the other ways that they're, they're what are some of the other things that they've put into code to to rec- to, to capture that to water? capture that? Yeah. Um, well, I mean that's the predominant one. So uh, there are different green roof systems that are cheaper. Okay, by the way. you don't have to do the tray system. You can do a, a what they call sedum mat, where the dirt is blown up there by like Pacific Topsoils or somebody. Okay, and then you have this mat that comes in a roll where the sedum's already pre-grown. It's like a like a uh, like a husk. Yeah. Sedum is a type of a grass, essentially, isn't it? It's like a it's a it's a they're the low uh, I don't know what you call ground covers. I ground guess. cover, yeah. yeah. Okay. Does and it is it, 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 it does it stay green all year? Is they're it? drought tolerant. Uh, you can just pluck them out of the ground and throw them on, and they'll regrow. They oh, regenerate wow. like crazy. They're really cool. Yeah. Sedums and succulents are all the same type of species of plants, okay. right? And they're so they're they're not heavy either. The root systems are shallow; they don't go okay. too deep, so they don't have to penetrate the root barrier and all that. So most of them are sedum. So a sedum mat will come. You'll roll it out, and the sedum is already pre-planted in this in this like uh, cocoa husk mat. And over time, that they'll they'll bloom out. Okay. Whereas what I install is already it's it's turnkey, right? It's 100% uh, fully vegetated when I install it, as opposed to waiting, you know, a year or eight months. How, or how many pounds per square foot does a sedum system typically? Uh, that can be, you know, as cheap as you know, 18 bucks a square. Now how foot. much? Yeah, and how much? What oh. what, what kind of a eight? That, that's a question I was going to ask too. But how many pounds per square foot? Oh, it's it, going to be the same. Same thirty. Okay, it's going to be the same. Yeah, because right. it's going to. Well, again, separate. let's go back to. I, I can't imagine right now that every everybody who builds a house in Seattle is required to put on a green roof. So they've got to have other mm-hmm. ways. Maybe the gutter system goes down in one of those catch basins I'm talking about that that you see. Maybe all... or I don't know. I don't know what else they do for for retention. Is maybe they use uh, the planters, but, the rain barrel sort of thing. We're, we're talking about people who are building flat roof houses. Okay, that's the mo- these yeah. are a little more modern. The flat roof, yeah, yeah. you know, not pitch houses don't have green roofs. They don't have this this issue or this code. So it's a flat roof code. Flat roofs flood. Flat roofs will if there's a clog in your drain it turns oh, yeah. into a swimming pool yeah yeah so I've this is what they're this is what yeah so this is what they're trying to i guess uh, alleviate is some of this this ponding water and all this stuff going down the sewer i'll tell you what i had a list of questions for you before we got off on some of these that i'm going to come back to we're going to take a yeah. break um and then when we come back we'll just hit some of those questions so you're listening to home talk with greg mckim this is the show that covers home ownership from soup to nuts you can call in during the show at 425-737-5527. My guest today is Damon Shelton with Element Smart Roofing. Damon, why don't you give your phone number out in case yeah, somebody wants to call uh, you? 425-968-3000. 425-968-3000? Yep. And the company, again, website is Element uh, Start Smart Roofing? Yeah, it's elementsmartroofing.com. Okay. And uh, we'll be back right after these messages. Thank you. So we'll just go.
Did you know as many as 15 million Americans have been diagnosed with COPD, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease? Sadly, COPD is the third most common cause of death in the United States. Hi, I'm Representative Cindy Rhee from Washington. As many as 12 million adults may have COPD and not know it. COPD could include wheezing, cough, chest tightness, and shortness of breath, and it can vary from day to day. COPD is a disease that can worsen over time, and patients may experience flare-ups. Flare-ups can increase shortness of breath and uncontrollable coughing and may lead to hospitalization or even death. While COPD is not curable, there are treatments available to help you breathe better and prevent flare-ups. If you or a loved one has COPD, please talk with your doctor to create an action plan that fits your lifestyle. For more information, please visit womeningovernment.org. One in three adults has prediabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man, you, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has prediabetes, with early diagnosis, prediabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Wait, did they just say one in three adults has prediabetes? That's 33.33333% of adults. That means it could be me, my boss, or my boss's boss, or me, my favorite sister, or my other sister. That's seven members of my 21-person romantic book club. <gasps> Wait, the one in three could be me, my karaoke partner Carol, or ugh, my karaoke enemy Jeff. I'm going to take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to Home Talk with Greg McKim, the show that covers home ownership from A to Z. We air each Tuesday here on 1150 AM KKNW from 3 to 4. During the show, please call in at 425-373-5527 with any questions. Off air, you can reach me, Greg McKim, at 206-250-6545 or email me at gmckim, that's G-M-C-K-I-M, at lonezilla.com or visit lonezilla.com. My guest today is Damon Shelton with Element Smart Roofing. And if you have any questions or would like to talk to him about roofing off air, you can reach his cell at 425-968-3000, again, 425 425- Nine six eight three thousand, or you can always go to their website, elementsmartroofing.com. Before the break, we talked about how I know Damon. He's been he and his company have been helping us out at our HOA for I think about ten years, but he thinks about six or seven. I don't know which it is. Doesn't matter. But something we, like that. We've gone through quite a few roofing companies, and they are the ones we stick with. I rely on them. I know they'll get the job done. They're always fair and competitive. And one of the some of the things that we covered were his background. He, had a, he has a background in animation and art, and then he got into this business as pretty much on the marketing end of things, but now you're in the whole show, or you and David share a lot of it, or is David on the way out? Uh, da- yeah, I think Dave is, uh, I don't know if he's retired, he's golfing, I don't know what he's up to, <laughs> but yeah, no, he, he, uh, he, he's doing some other things, and uh, yeah, I'm doing most everything at this point, yeah. So before the break, we talked about some of the different types of roofing materials. For instance, for flat roofs, you've got a couple of different um, vinyl materials, I guess you call them, maybe PVC, which is polyvinyl chloride, and then TPO, which is thermo 
plastic what? No, I don't know what the O stands, stands for, like, but yeah. Let's call it thermoplastic. Yeah, it's just thermoplastic. <laughs> one's plastic, one's vinyl, vinyl. basically. And do you have a preference? Yeah, I, I like PVC way better. Okay. Less failures. It's easier to do. I don't ha- yeah. Less is it easier to repair to when needed? Yeah. Oh, yeah, for okay, sure. So, so as a general rule, would you say the market, most people, what, what percentage of the market, they install PVC versus TPO? I would say the market doesn't know anything about it, except when you get into commercial, and you go with GCs and you go into all these spec-driven uh, projects, uh-huh. they will have in the specs a specific type, either a TPO or PVC. Right. And that's generated by the manufacturer. They go and lobby to these okay, architects right, and right. say, hey, put us in the spec. But uh, PVC is definitely, I would, anybody who, architect, GC, homeowner, I don't care who you are out there listening, you need to use PVC for single-ply because it's been around for over 40 years. And when you weld those things, you can cut a piece and weld it, and it's good. TPO, you cannot do that. You cut a piece of TPO, if you don't put caulking around the cut piece, it will leak. And the caulking itself is, is subject to failure at some point. You that's know, the problem so, with caulking. And so they got this TPO is cheap. It's, it's oh, like, that's the reason people pick it, because it's less why expensive. It, they think it's less expensive. So the material itself, the rolls of, P, of TPO are cheaper than a roll of PVC by, you know, maybe 20 cents. But you got a higher risk of failure. It's harder work for the installer. But isn't the labor so, really more of the expense anyway in this sort of I mean, I mean, if, on a huge job, 20 cents can make For me, I, I charge the same. I don't give anybody a discount when they get TPO but because it costs me the same. But, but, but on a job, like let's just say you had a 5,000-square-foot uh, roof like one of ours, mm-hmm. okay? The, the, the difference in cost between a TPO and PVC is not going to make a huge dent in our bill. It's, it's the labor and all the other stuff that goes with it that really makes a difference, right? But it's all included I know, in but that square-foot price. Okay, and and so. so, you know, you don't know that TPO material Oh, so you're telling me that the, that the installer, that I'm telling they you, make more yes. money. Well, no, I'm telling you that the general contractors and the architects will spec TPO because they think it's cheaper. I see. They just look at the, the roll of material and see okay. 55 cents versus 85 cents, and let's do TPO because we're going to save a ton of money, and they don't. They don't save any money. So I don't know why they do it. And then they have leaks and failures all over the place because they chose something that was 20 yeah, cents right. less. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to get yeah. ask your advice. Let's say let's say you, you retire tomorrow and you need to have your roof done, mm-hmm. and you're going to go call around and get a roofer. How would you interview them? What kind of questions would you ask them? And what would you what were your red flags to you? Wow, that's <laughs> you're asking the wrong guy. <laughs> you are asking the wrong. You know when I well because you would know. Well, it's like me in the mortgage business, no, I know what to ask yeah, for. I mean, I know, but I do. My business model is completely different. And, it, and starting out. We all did the same thing. We would all show up with our packets. We'd get up on the roof. We'd measure, measure the roof, come back down. We'd have our shingle samples in the car. And, right, yeah. Hey, can we get you set? You know, sit them down and around the table, you know, yeah. and corral them up and, and, you, we, we use and plat- do the hard We sell. use platinum-coated nails. Yeah, and- oh, yeah. We'd pull out all the different demos of the materials and do the hard sell, you know. And nowadays, everybody's so busy. I mean, this city that we're in is growing uh, exponentially every year and people don't have time and time is a precious commodity so if I can get somebody's roof measured and estimated within a couple days without even seeing them without setting appointments without wasting anybody's time I found that they appreciate that better than coming in and doing a hard sell and doing two or three visits okay so uh, what it boils down to is referral 
it could be referral. It could be just they set, found me online. They fill out a form. I take the form. I measure the roof through satellite imagery or some other yeah, software that's yeah, out yeah. there. Mm-hmm. I get them an estimate. That's co- Here's the key. Here's how I get my jobs over other people more than more than anything. This is my selling feature. Right. And I shouldn't probably say this because it's my secret. Uh, I line <laughs> item everything. Everything. You'll have a line item for every cost you have. Oh, so I know. I like that when you guys do well, Everyone likes it, you yeah. know, but not everybody does it. And so what it does, though, it, it's number one, it's it's above board. It's transparent. Yeah. Everyone knows what their cost is for everything. Right. Number two, if they want to take something off. Then I, then we all know well, that like that cost. Well, sometimes I'll, I'll ask you a question about. It. I said, "Do we really need this versus this?" We'll talk about that. When, yeah, when sure. You, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. We'll talk. But there's always like things that pop up, right? Yeah. So let's say, uh, okay, well, there's damaged plywood. Oh, do we need the whole roof uh, sheeted with new plywood? I don't know. We don't know yet until we tear it off. Okay, we tear it off. We take pictures. There's 15 sheets of plywood out of 50 that need to be replaced. Yeah. Some people put in a whole plywood price. You know, some people put in, uh, you know, I don't know how they how they do their pricing. And this is just one example. So you have every sheet of plywood has a unit price. So we put in 15 sheets. Right. We quoted you 50. Well, let's take off the other 35 sheets of plywood. Off, oh, yeah, that's off. how we do it when you work. Most those. contractors won't back out a price. They're happy to add on a price. Really? They don't want to back out what they put. Yeah, you know. So okay. when, we do a, when we do a unit price, it's for both of our benefit. So I don't get caught, you know, yeah, having that's to one install of the things, things like. for okay. free. And, so as far as yeah. advice to a consumer, um, you don't really have anything that's like this super well, gem when you're, of a... Yeah, I do. So when you're looking for a contract, I would say the main thing you want to look for is you want to go to LNI's website and make sure they have a license, a bond, and insurance, number one, if they have employees and that they're actually uh, set up with through employment security and that they have paid their LNI account, they're up to date, and that they don't have too many violations. Everybody's got like a So are you telling me so, that there's companies that roof out that aren't bonded, they're not licensed? Oh, come on. We, this, is, we, <laughs> this is a contracting industry. Yeah, there's a lot of oh, hook and ladders I've out there. I've run across there. the guy that says, well, he works for another company, but he'll do it on the side. Yeah, well, there's that. I mean, But there's also a lot of guys that are generally honest, and they maybe lapsed. You know, they... They just weren't paying attention. Their license and insurance had lapsed. Yeah, that happens. Yeah. You know, and it happens. But you, right. you don't want to get caught in that transition, you know. Okay, so go to the L&I and other. And if you have any questions about more specifics, we've got to move on here. Give Damon a call at, or email him. You can find his email on Element Smart Roofing. Just go to there. Mm-hmm. But you can reach him at 425-968-3000. Um, we already talked about some of the different roof materials. I hear a couple companies out there that, that oftentimes are... Um, uh, marketing the rubber roof, you know, the ones that are made out of tires. And I've talked to you about this before. You don't have a lot of experience with them, but you have some knowledge about it. They're right? not that popular. So I do know what you're talking about. Um, EcoStar was an original uh, manufacturer of those type of roofs, of recycled rubber. Um, they're really expensive. Okay, compare them to metal. Are they in the same uh, ballpark? Yeah, no. Uh, met, so let's say metal roof right now. Metal's gone up since Trump's tariffs, but metal roofs are about you know, eight bucks a square foot, nine bucks a square foot. Compared to composition, which is comps, four dollars fifty cents. So it's about twice as much. And twice as much. And then you got this stuff's like a dollar a square foot. I mean uh ten dollars a square foot. Okay, so what's the higher end of all of them? Uh the rubber. Yeah, pretty that one in Da Vinci. What's Da Vinci? Da Vinci's of similar, it's a synthetic shake, synthetic slate. Okay. Type material. So it's very expensive. Are these rubber roofs going to last longer than? I mean, how they? I don't know. Not very. Like uh, state roofing was huge on putting these. Yeah, things they on. advertise it all you the know, time. Oh, they love them. But they a lot of these. 
I don't know. A lot of these rubber roofs will fade. You know, mm. the colors don't stay. I don't know. I never install them. You, I've talked to you about this before. You had a choice on a roof you'd put metal on all day long. Yeah, I would. Standing yeah. seam, though, isn't really attractive. It looks very utilitarian. I don't know. A lot of people like it. I know, know, but as a general rule, but you can get, just so you know, listening audience, you can get metal roofs that look like yeah. the traditional mm-hmm. shingles. They make them, and you can hardly tell the difference from the ground. They are, I mean, aren't they warrantied for something like 50? I mean, not just that. Most metal is, manu- is is warrantied for 50 years. Well, it's not so much the warranty. It's going to last. It's literally going to last that long. Yeah, it's but the paint. It's the paint. And it, but it doesn't yeah. gather moss as easily because it's, no. it's not as. It's it doesn't not as, gather moss. Now, we, there, the caveat I found out this last winter. Yeah. Er, I would say uh, seven out of 10 of our metal roofs. Okay. Not just ours, but any metal roof out there. The gutters came off this winter. And the reason why is metal roofs, the snow load, when it's up there, it gets so cold underneath, it turns into a glacier. It's ice. It's not just packed snow. It's ice underneath it. And when those things come sliding down the it's metal. rip them off. It rips. It shears them right off. And that's why when you go to the pass, you will see all these metal roofs. There's no gutters on any of those roofs up in the pass. Oh, None. Go look at them closely. It just a- sheds right off the side of the eave. Yeah. Wow. This yeah. is interesting. Is this something you just learned? This is, well, we have. This is the worst snowstorm we you've, had you've since known 1927. About yeah, so how know, would we know? Well, I know, but yeah. As, as so this is what we're finding out. So all these calls are coming in, and I'm like, you know, after that first three, I'm like, you have a metal roof? Oh yeah. How'd you know? Oh, <laughs> well, because everybody's who has a metal roof, gutters know, are coming off. We got to get together and come up with a perfect roofing material. Well, you get cleats. Nobody gets cleats. You can get snow cleats. Snow cleats. Yeah. You, these are things that attach to the eave. My 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 uncle. I I. He lives over by Ingalls Creek off of Shaston uh-huh. on the Blue Hood Highway. And once a year, like, well, I've done this twice the last two years, I go up on this gigantic, he's 6,500 square foot home. And it's like oh, nice. 35 feet off the peak to the oh, ground. And I go no. up there with a, with, a, with a rope on. Right. And I clean it for him. I get the moss around. But he's got those little heater things right before his gutters because he gets a lot of snow there. Oh, yeah. Is that what you call cleats? They're like little electric uh, they, wires. They, they can have the electric wire, but yeah, they're, they're attached to the end of the eave and oh, they're it, to break up the snow. His is right before you get to the gutter. Yeah. And yeah. It, it just it heats it up there so no snow. So right. it's a similar sort of thing. Similar talking. sort of thing. And I asked Falls Roof so they, they can get warm underneath. Okay. So the wa- the snow will just kind of melt and dribble down. You know, it doesn't okay. slide off like it does on a on a metal roof. So okay, here we yeah. go on time because let's see, it is three fifty three. We wrap up about three fifty six. We got a couple more minutes. I'll ask you. Well, we were t- let's talk about gutters a little bit. Okay. So, um, gutter guard systems. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, I might get somebody out there a little upset, but the ones I don't like are those gutter helmets because. I see people that own those, mm. and they just look horrible. The leaves yeah. stain them. They come ripping over. They got that lip. Yeah, they don't look yeah. very good. Needles get in there, pack in there. Yeah. How about the ones that are at the same angle as the roof mm-hmm. pitch, and they're micro-screened? What do you think of those? I like the looks of those. Yeah, the micro-screens were, I mean, the, most of these gutter systems, the covers, they work pretty good, but needles always get in. No matter the what mi- they say. The micro-screens t- seem to keep them out. Better than any other ones. Benny, better than the other ones. They allow water through, which is the most important part of it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, big leaves are still going to stay up there, and people complain. You know, I still have to get up and scrape off the leaves. Well, how can you avoid that? Yeah, you okay, can. unless you had, like, installed some sort of a vacuum or blower system. Or a grinder. 
You know, right in your downspout, there's a little machine that grinds a turbine, you know. But, yeah, I don't know. I remember they came out for a while with this sort of a foam material you'd put in there. Yeah, and they, then, that but, was popular for But then, of course, you have, like, organic things. You have trees growing. Uh, you pull those things out and you beat them, beat them on against your leg. And Yeah, no, those not, didn't work that well. So there really isn't a, a perfect, well, there's not a perfect, there's nothing perfect in life at all. No, there really isn't a gutter cover system that's just If you were going to put one in, what would you put in? For a gutter cover, I yeah. don't I don't use them. You don't use them, period. Just nah, clean them. Just a pain in the butt to lift them up and try to clean your gutters. I just rather so you just say you might as well clean them my, anyway. Yeah. Just clean them. You're going to end up cleaning it no matter what, and you've got to install you you know? four grand before. And go That's clean right. It. Just <laughs> clean them a little more frequently. It just take a little work. Get out there. Get some, do your own gutters. Get your yeah, cleaning as, going. as far as cleaning goes, we're almost out of time here. Um, there's a debate about whether you should or shouldn't pressure wash Oh, asphalt. yeah. Well, I would say go look at my blog. I wrote an article I called Pressure that. Washing Asphalt Shingles. And it's, you know, you Google it, it probably pops right up. But it's been out there for a long time and it explains everything. Yeah. All right. So look for Pressure Washing Asphalt Shingles and it should pop up the number one in the, in the SEO. I wouldn't doubt it. SEO. I bet it does. Uh, number one on Google, baby. <laughs> Element Smart. All right, so um, we're getting towards the end of the show. Anything you want to jump in and talk about here? Uh, no, not really. I oh. think you've covered a lot of bases. One quick question: yeah. moss control. When I go up to my uncle's house or my oh, dad's, yeah, for that matter, one. I just take I just take baking soda and just yeah. put it all over it. It works pretty good, doesn't it? Soda and bicarbonate. Yeah, that's it. Just baking soda. Right? Yeah, yeah. Arm and Hammer is buy a thing, bring it up and just throw it on there after you've cleaned the moss off. Just throw it on there yeah. and it'll keep the moss. Dawn liquid soap. Liquid soap is another good one. One of my friends uses Tide. Uh, Tide might work, but it's got know. Clorox bleach and stuff in it. I right, don't know, you right, know, environmentally right. wise, but yeah. Okay. Yeah, any one of those work, you know. You don't have to use all, you know, these fancy things, these chemicals that everyone uses. Fatty acid soaps is a, is a big one. That's, That's what we use on shakes. So when it, when you put baking soda on there, how once a year, twice a year, how often do you think it needs to be done, depending upon how much it rains and so forth? Well, north sides, uh, north faces of roofs are going to need it a lot more often, and depending uh, on how much shade and everything you got, yeah, you're going to need to do it a lot more than twice a year probably at oh, minimum. Really? Yeah. So oh, yeah. Three, yeah. four times a year, maybe. If you're, yeah. If okay. you're in, a, in the dark. All right. Sure. Okay. Sure. So you guys been busy lately? Yeah. It's getting busy now. Yeah. I mean, it's 80 degrees today. I was, yeah, it was a rough day today. So yeah, we're getting busy. Hey, I had my phone go off and I was yeah. complaining that you can't I was like, do Whoa. that. I, Somebody had already called I, me I for a roof. I thought I was supposed to have it on, 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 on mute here. <laughs> maybe, pretty maybe interesting. Maybe they're trying to get a roof. But so, um, <clears throat> yeah, it's getting crazy busy. Now you can, you can put, you can install a roof during the winter though, right? Not a problem. Yeah, we do. You do it. Yeah. Of course, when it rains, you you what do you okay? Let's just say you start to put a roof on, and it's supposed to be a nice day, and it mm -hmm. just starts to pour. What do you do? Just cover it up and leave? Yeah, you can tarp it up. I mean, if we do a flat roof and then we know it's going to rain, we can tent it off. We build a tent, and that's it. That's and we work under the tent. You know, if it's if oh, it's you've real, done that before. Oh, many <laughs> times. If, if it's too windy, you can't do it. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. But we can work under a tent. If it's a pitch roof, that's a little more difficult. You're going to have to really scramble and just cover that roof up before rain gets in there. If it starts okay. raining, just tarp it off and get out of there. And before we ha we run out of time here, one of the most important things with a roof is ventilation. Yep, ventilation's key. Yep, especially, especially out here. Yeah, now that's not a flat roof in most cases because there's no oh, yeah. attics. But, but you can. Them too. You can. Yep. But um, you you got to make sure your roof ventilates because if you don't have airflow in there, then water and moisture is going to... It's mm -hmm. going to gather, and then it's going to mold and mildew. And That's right. At the beginning of the show, I was talking about how you should peek your head in your attic periodically and take a look at things. Yeah. 
you know, yeah. see what kind of insulation you got in there. Look at your soffits. Make sure they're not blocked by the uh, bad insulation or whatever insulation you got. Yeah. So you got good airflow. And then your outtake. What's your outtake? Is it the gable ends or is it the ridge cap? You know, see, now or, you're talking tech talk here. See, not everybody's going to understand Oh, okay. Well, gables with these sides. Yeah. The side of your house, they have these little window box vents. Mm-hmm. Those are your gables. So if you have a gable vent, uh, you don't necessarily need a ridge vent because you're going to have too much uh, too much outtake. Yeah. yeah. So the, the, the key here, audience, is... You don't want to have too much airflow. Yeah. You don't want to have too little. So you should have a professional tell you what you need mm-hmm. to make sure it's done right. And that is a really important factor. I'd be surprised how many people don't know that if they don't have the proper ventilation, they're going to get mold in their attic or mildew, and then they're going to have a problem. That's right. Ten years ago, I didn't know. Well, that's because all you heard <laughs> back then is animation. <laughs> that's you right. You were just a cartoon guy I back then. I could tell you how to animate. Yeah. yeah. You want to. I was a, actually a, I was a sports producer. I was working for the Seahawks. Oh, you were? Yeah, I did producing for some of their stuff. Well, we are now out of time, Damon. I want to yep. thank you very much because I know oh, you're a super thanks busy for guy. Me on. Yeah, happy thanks, to come back. Thanks for coming in. You've been listening to Home Talk with Greg McKim. I air on Tuesdays at 3 a.m. on 1150 KKNW. If you'd like to listen to prior shows, I have podcasts at 1150 KKNW under audio, excuse audio archives, and you can reach me off air at 206-250-6545. Next Tuesday, my guest will be Steve Waltar. He's an estate planning attorney from Legacy Estate Planning, and we will see you then. Thanks for listening.